Welcome to the Mission City Church Podcast. My name is Jake Eichert, and I am the Community Groups and Creative Director at Mission City Church, as well as the host of this podcast. Each week, you can find full-length sermons, five-minute sermon breakdowns, and inspiring conversations with guests about discipleship, current events, local outreach, and more. Our mission as a church is to make Jesus known, and we pray that this podcast does just that for you. If it does, please subscribe and share. But for now, please enjoy this episode of the Mission City Church Podcast. Hey everyone, welcome to the Mission City Church Podcast Thursday edition. We're so excited to be continuing this kind of lead up to Easter. Uh, Today we're going to be talking about the Passover meal and give you the opportunity. It's going to be kind of a step-by-step guide of just the basics of the Passover meal. This is a meal that celebrates or looks back to when Jesus brought his disciples together the night before he was betrayed and shared with them his kind of his mission, his message uh, to go and take to the world and bringing them into the fact that he was going to be betrayed and sacrificed for the sins of the world. And so we look back, we kind of see some Jewish tradition in this, but we also see some value as non-Jewish believers today, and we'll give some spiritual insights into each of those. But before we get too far into that, I'm joined this week by lead pastor of Mission State Church, Russell Schultz. Russell, how are you doing today? You have had quite the weekend and week coming into this podcast, so thanks for being on. Yeah, no, I'm doing doing okay. I'm a little tired. Uh, was traveling to uh, Brazil uh, to f- meet with some partners and also to find some potential partners in the Amazon. Uh, we were looking for a like a, a village that we could help uh, start a new churches and find a pastor to help us do that with. And so we have partners Nate and Roxana Miller with Ray of Hope, who we went on a trip with and went forever away on a boat in the How Amazon. How many hours are is the boat ride? Oh, well, the boat's slow, but um, but even if it wasn't slow, it was probably like almost 30 hours Jeez. on a boat. And there's crocodiles and, and snakes and all kinds of stuff. Allegedly, Amazon. allegedly. You never uh, saw any? We actually, we actually went caiman hunting, or not hunting, that's illegal. Uh, we went... <laughs> <laughs> be very clear. I did not... It was not caiman hunting. <laughs> so we went to go find caimans. <laughs> Uh, and, uh, we saw their eyes cause you can freeze them with, uh, your flashlight. They'll, they'll get stuck for a little bit. Okay. But by the time that we got to them, they, uh, jumped in the water and swam away. So, awesome. uh, didn't see any snakes, uh, saw a few fish, but, uh, yeah, that's about it. You also went down there with the goal of finding some, uh, missionaries to partner with our church planters to go into the Amazon and to evangelize. How did that end up going? Yeah, I think I think we accomplished everything we needed to. I mean, so there's a village um, that's called Itapidanga, which is about three hours away from the village that we ended up ministering to. And uh, there's a pastor there that has the heart to go, and his name is Wanderson, not Anderson. Wanderson. He used to call. I think he would say his name. My name is Wanderson, which is in like an incredible like soccer type of. Uh, I don't know, promo guy who's talking about goals all the time, but Wanderson and his wife, name's Juliana or Juliama, um, they both have the heart to go, and they also are willing to take the time to go because it would take them, you know, about a half day to get there, half day to get back, and then they would have to spend, um, you know, at least a night or two in the village uh, each week. We also found out that there's not a there's not a church that meets there. Um, there's a few in Brazil. It's interesting. There's these uh, churches in America will come. They'll build a church. And they'll come back every year and visit it, but they won't use the church. Uh, so there's a church building, but there's not a church gathering 
on a regular basis. And so the people, the Christians in the community, there was only two families that were Christian and they were hungry for, um, they're hungry for discipleship. They're hungry to know how to follow Jesus. Um, and so we're, what we're hoping for is that Wanderson and his wife, uh, and their team will go, they'll evangelize. We can help support them, get there and then start small groups and eventually plant a church and, and actually have a pastor in the city and then to reach the other 40 families that are there, which would you know lead to a couple hundred people and then continue to do that in the Amazon. That's incredible. Praise God. That's awesome. So successful trip. Uh, that's, that's wonderful to hear. Uh, but today we're going to jump into the Passover meal and the Passover celebration. And so uh, just a little background. I think I maybe already mentioned something like this, but a Jewish celebration. We're looking back at the reason why it's called Passover. If you're unaware of this, uh, back in Exodus chapter 12, we see the story of the Israelites who are getting, uh, that, that God is freeing, uh, releasing from captivity in Egypt. And the angel of death is going to pass over the houses of the people in Egypt, the Israelites in Egypt, and save them basically from the death that is coming to them uh, of the firstborn child. And so uh, that's the celebration of Passover. That's kind of the background. And today we're going to talk about how we as Christians can celebrate that, the different elements of the meal, and just how that kind of spiritually ties in. So Russell, you want to say anything before we get started here? Yeah, I mean, I think this is this plays into the idea that... Um, you know, we are coming in as uh, as as 21st century uh, Westerners or people from the United States. We're coming into this story as uh, like we're 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 being brought into this story as followers of Jesus in some ways, and so we're brought we're being brought into a culture in some ways as well. And so, it's incredibly powerful um, because uh, it's incredible. This it's a, it's an incredible story of freedom. Uh, and it's just, it's this beautiful picture of past freedom that God provided for uh, through his, his agent Moses leading the people uh, out of Egypt. Uh, and then it's also a picture of what Jesus has done on the cross by setting us free from sin. Uh, and then it's also a future picture of uh, freedom and defeat of evil that we will get to enjoy once Jesus return. And so it's just added reflective times. And um, again, most of, like uh, this, this, this type of thing is allows us to have a posture to remember and then to praise too. praise God that he is a God that sets us free. Um, as well, and so I'm, I, I love celebrating Passover. We're, I'm not planning on celebrating it like in a in the extreme sense this year. Meaning, I'm not going to do the full meal. Uh, I might do a few of the elements that we talk about. Yeah, uh, and so that's kind of important to me- to mention right off the bat here too. It- not we're not saying that all of these you must do or that this is how it has to be done or any of that like just take this for what you want to do take the elements that you want to do apply them it's all about just an opportunity for you to have really a tangible experience of the gospel is how i would describe it like uh we've done this a couple times and i've it's been greatly um enhancing to my spiritual experience and a sense of like the different aspects of the meal give you an opportunity to tangibly through a drink, through a food, through whatever it may be, uh, a, a way to tangibly experience some of the elements of the gospel, of our story of slavery, of being set free, of uh, redemption, of praising God, like all that comes to life in the meal and in the elements. So that's what's really cool about it to me. Yeah. And to like Jesus is kind of reshaping this story of Israel saying, hey, like this, this, is this past uh, Passover, this past celebration of Jesus, God setting us free and bringing you out of Egypt. Like I'm putting myself into this story as well. And that's, I think that's the profoundness of 
uh, why believers can celebrate this meal as well. Yeah. Okay. One last question for you, Russell, before we get into our uh, meal elements here. Uh, I've seen the picture of Da Vinci. I've seen the Last <laughs> Supper. And I just want to know why everyone's sitting on the same side of the table. It just doesn't make any sense. Why wh- wouldn't they want to face each other and have conversation? I'm pretty... <laughs> you know, my mom got me this little, like, figurine of of figurine. It's like this, I don't know, this nice little... Like molding or... Yeah, like, of the Passover meal. And it usually sits in my office when I have an office. And uh, and uh, I don't know. I think it was probably just so that he could get all their faces in there. I'm pretty sure they just sat around a table. Okay. Would they be laying... Uh, they could be reclining if the meal's reclining over. Reclining at table? Yeah. yeah, I mean, you look at Jesus and they're like, you know, there's this very, like, after the meal's over, you kind of, like, lay back. It's a very yeah, very common practice. Yeah, all right. You'll see a few other stories in the Gospels that have that. Okay, let's move on. <laughs> uh, so the first element, uh, by the way, uh, precursor, if you want to do this, like, very uh, strict to the Jewish custom, you you there's a lot of wine involved. Let's just say... <laughs> <laughs> that right off the bat um you, you gotta come in prepared uh yeah and it starts in heavy right off the bat so uh you would begin by giving this blessing because you're going to start out with the with the first cup of wine there's four cups total that are included uh four elements um you could use grape juice or just you know whatever it, you're comfortable with we're not saying that you have to use wine just like if you want to go traditional just be prepared. Um, but you would start out by saying this this blessing, uh, Blessed art thou, O Lord, our God, King of the universe, creator of the fruit of the vine. And then you get to the first cup. And so, Russell, we have four cups. What are those cups called? Yeah, so uh, there's the cup of sanctification. There's the cup of plagues. Or uh, what's the other word we talked about earlier? The cup judgment. Of judgment as well. Uh, cup of redemption, which this is the actual traditional. Uh, this is where Jesus actually uh institutes communion here using the third cup uh and then they finish the passover meal with a cup of praise typically i think all of the cups except the cup of uh plagues or judgment are full cups because they're celebratory of god's goodness so again if you're celebrating this with wine historically you you make a full cup now i would not you know do the full like giant Cabernet size cup, if you will, but the smaller (laughs) wine glass and you drink it because you're celebrating all of God's goodness. Now you can, you can put, um, grape juice in there. If that doesn't work for you, put water, whatever you want to. But again, the point of it is it's, it's celebrating, uh, you're celebrating God in, in, in these. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. And so after you have that first cup, uh, by the way, uh, this is something that we didn't mention from the beginning. Uh, typically, this would be celebrated with friends and family, right? This is a, again, yeah. it's a celebration. Big it's deal. a party. It's a big deal. So uh, we would encourage you if you do want to experience this or whatever, and you've got the time and the space, like have some friends and family over to celebrate it with you. Get the full experience with everyone together. It really is meant to be a party type type meal. And we're gonna put some resources in the. We'll put it in the, in, the, in the podcast description. Yeah, uh, and there's and, on the website, uh, there'll be, there's a PDF that we can put on there that you can download that has literally a script for you to say everything. There are recipes if you really want to go out and make lamb. I think I just did a roasted chicken one time as, as opposed to, as, as opposed to lamb. Uh, but it's a, it's a very, it's a really cool uh, experience. I know you, Jake, and you and I have done two. I think together, one we did the full meal, and it was like four hours. Yeah, it takes a while, and it was, but it was awesome. It, it was just, awesome. Yeah, I mean, we just, we just enjoyed the Lord, and, and we enjoyed one another together, and then, um, uh, then we did a shorter one as well. Right. 
Yeah, so it's it's a long experience. It's meant to be celebrated in community with others as well. And we're not we're not hitting all the we're we're hitting most of the we're hitting the highlights. Right, we'd yeah. be here all day if we were going to do every aspect. So, uh, moving on from that first cup, then we get to what's called the dipping of the of the carpas. Am I saying that correctly? Yeah, carpash. Carpash. Okay, so uh, in this, we see that this is a representation of uh, what what happened with Joseph when he was sold into slavery by his brothers. You can find that story in Genesis chapter 37, but they're going to end up dipping his robe into the blood, I believe, of a goat uh, to try to prove to his father that he had died or that he'd been taken by an animal, that he'd been eaten uh, because they were trying to get rid of him. He, they thought he was... Thought he was better than them, really. Yeah. Um, so, uh, but they sell him into slavery, and this kind of sets off the domino of events that's going to lead the nation of Israel into slavery. And so, you dip this carpas, and Russell, I'll let you kind of describe what that means here to to give a picture of it. Yeah. So you take some, like you can take lettuce, or we usually do parsley, um, but you take parsley and you mix, uh, you dip it into like some salt water. So you just take, but if you were preparing this, you take some salt water. Water, salt, you can either put it on the stove to dilute or to evaporate the salt into the water or put it in the microwave for fast. And then you dip um, you dip this in, in there, uh, the, 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 the lettuce or the, the parsley in there. Uh, and it, again, it's just this reminder of dipping it into what Jake described as the blood in there as well. A later, a later understanding of this is, you know, in the Passover story, they take the, the lamb and the blood of the lamb, they put it over... Um, the their doorposts as well and just t- talking about the sacrificial piece of it as well yep and so uh, today as christians we can also see this as just a spiritual application that we were born as uh born in slavery to sin uh, we come out as uh slavery and say slavery to sin this is it's, it's meant to be when russell says like salt water it's meant to be a saltiness it's meant to be like a like a, a bitterness to it almost like a um I don't want this, you know, like it's, it's, um, this salty flavor to it that you would not you ever, enjoy. Yeah. You ever drink salt water at the ocean before? Exactly. There you go. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. As I'm stumbling over what I'm trying to say. Or, here. Um, or if you ever do it, I did a diet one time where you're supposed to drink salt water. It was like a cleansing diet. And I mean, try to drink like just a, a sip of salt water. It's disgusting. Right. So, yeah. So the point being that it's, if it sounds gross, it's supposed to, because it's a tangible experience of what slavery would like a, you know, in a very like loose sense or, you know, small potatoes kind of sense. Um, it's supposed to bring your mind back to that. Um, okay. So then once you get through that, then we move on to the unleavened bread. Yeah. Yeah. So the unleavened bread, uh, it's unleavened because it doesn't rise because they didn't have time to let it rise because they were running away from Egypt. Uh, and Pharaoh. So it'd be like a cracker or just like a, a very thin piece of bread uh, as well. And this is, again, so Jesus is putting himself into the story. So if you're looking at in Luke 22, where he institutes communion and they're having Passover together and he took the bread and he gave thanks and he broke it uh, and he gave it to them. And he said, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. So, you know, Jesus, normal time Passover, there's a time to break the bread uh, as well. They used to have this bag that break the bread then pass it around as well uh, i actually bought one of those on amazon uh which is which is kind of fun but um to use at our passover services but um 
but again, so Jesus is putting himself in it. Like this, this was used to mean like, hey, this was you leaving Egypt very quickly. Uh, you didn't have time for it. Now it's it's talking about my body as well. And think about what you, how you make bread, right? Like you have to mash it. You have to knead it. Uh, it has to be broken down. It's an aggressive process. And this is what Jesus Jesus's body was. This Jesus's body was mashed and kneaded. It was whipped and broken for uh, for the world. Yeah, right. And if that sounds like it's kind of a, you know, I don't really want to think about that while I'm eating, um, that's kind of the point. Like, it's supposed to bring, like, some sadness to you. It's supposed to bring some, like, uh, a hurt or pain. And really what this is leading up to is salvation. It's it's the, really, it's the gospel story that we're, again, experiencing tangibly through this. So we have our birth into slavery to sin and the bitterness, saltiness of that. And then it's the bread that reminds us of Jesus' body who was broken because we could not find our way out of that slavery to sin, that he had to do that for us. And I often think about this. I don't know. This might be kind of gross, but... Uh, when I eat communion, uh, I picture in my mind like Jesus being like his bones being broken in his beatings. Uh, I, I, that's probably a little gross, but I don't know. That just his helps body me kind broken, of not his that. bones broken, right? Huh? His body broken, not bones, right? Well, to me, like that's kind of synonymous. I don't know. I'm not saying that that's a literal representation. It's just for me, it helps me to kind of realize that Jesus's body being is being broken for me. Yeah. Like it's being broken down for me. I'm just more be, being the statement that his, no, no, none of his bones are actually broken. That is process. an important, uh, picture or that's important. Uh, was it prophecy that yeah. his bones were not broken? So yes, want to make sure, uh, that we are literal about that. I just got your uh, back, Jake. <laughs> thank you. I appreciate that. We are not heretics on this podcast. Um, at least but, not trying to be, not trying to be. Uh, but the point being like for me, like I, that helps me to picture what a body broken means and what it looks like. And yeah, that, I think that's a that's a good way to do it. You know, like I think, I think if you if that imagery helps you, um, if that imagery helps you, then that's good. You know, and I think sometimes, like we need to immerse ourselves in some of the imagery and then also in the experiences of like something like a Passover, which will then uh, hopefully make communion even more powerful. Right. Because again, Jesus is, is basically saying, no, like that story was true. And now this story is, this is a, a continuation of it and I'm redefining it. Right. Okay. And then now we get to the, the next cup. Uh, so you can, every time you take a cup, you're going to repeat, or you could repeat this blessing of blessed art thou, O Lord, our God, King of the universe, creator of the fruit of the vine. Uh, I'll just kind of leave that up there for you. Um, as we continue through the cups, uh, just remember that that usually goes along with them. Uh, but cup number two is this cup of plagues or of judgment. It's a reminder of the pain and, and the toil that took place in slavery, as well as what God had to do to tear down the idols of Egypt, to tear down their false gods as he, uh, cleansed all of the sins and all of the wrongdoings that they did to the people of Israel. Again, just a reminder of all the, the ways that God goes above and beyond uh, in judgment of others, but in a way to cleanse and keep his people holy and righteous and set apart. Um, it's a reminder of, of our previous life separated from God in slavery to sin. Um, and so that's the, the cup of plagues, the cup of judgment that you would take uh, leading up to dinner. Yeah, and actually, before that, you would uh, you would actually read the story of Passover. So just go. right yeah. before that, you would take uh, Exodus twelve. You can read that, and again, it's just a, a it's a remembering what happened. Uh, you want you want the you want your the previous generations and the people that are coming up and being your kids and and everyone else to know these stories to know what what was your past. And then as a follower of Jesus, we want to know the past and also want to know uh, how Jesus comes and redefines that. 
Right. Okay. And then, so we've gotten to dinner and if you're like, wow, we're 20 minutes in this podcast and we're just now getting a dinner. Exactly. Uh, that's why it's a long drawn out celebration. It's meant to be kind of a, a longer process, but dinner is really, uh, I saw a, just a quick Google 35 recipes for your Passover meal. So there's not a, a standard dish necessarily. Typically lamb is a part of it. If you're going more traditional route, just because Jesus is the Passover lamb, uh, the, the Passover lamb that was slaughtered to spread the blood over the door frames, all that, like the lamb, there is a, a definite symbolism of specifically a lamb that goes along with the Passover meal. Jesus How, is the lamb of God who exactly. takes away the sins of the world. Yeah. Exactly. So uh, you could include lamb if you'd like to, if you enjoy that kind of thing. If you do not, or if you'd rather do something else, I think the door is open to that. Uh, like Russell said, I believe earlier that you did some roasted chicken at one point. Like it's more so again, now we've gotten to the celebration piece, right? So all of this leading up has been bitterness, saltiness, reminder of slavery, reminder of sin. And the meal is getting to the celebration time. It's getting to the, this is what God has provided for us. This is his body and blood that was shed for us so that we could have freedom, so that we could have relationships, so that we could have all of those things. And so uh, cook good food, uh, have good food, have it be a celebration, be uh, something that people are excited to eat. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, and then as you wrap up dinner, you'll get to your third cup. Uh, again, giving the blessing and the thanks to God for being uh, the God of the vine. And it's a cup of redemption. And it, again, we're getting back to uh, the, the good part now. So this is the redemption invitation into God's family. And uh, in Luke chapter 22, verse 20, it says this. And likewise, the cup after they had eaten. Uh, oh, sorry, this is Jesus speaking here. After they had eaten, saying this is, is the cup that is poured out for you in the new covenant uh, in my blood. And so again, this is just ties back to that moment that Jesus is having with his disciples in Luke chapter 22. You wonder, you think like one of the disciples like nudge Jesus and be like, Jesus, why are you ruining Passover? That's the good, the good wine, man. <laughs> just <laughs> dumping it out of the ground. No, no. I'm saying like, like what, like why, uh, like, why are you changing what, like my mom didn't do Passover like this. My dad oh, didn't do Passover okay, like yeah, this. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, they're, they have traditions going into this. Sure, yeah, yeah. And then Jesus is basically saying, no, like, hey, uh, I'm I'm the third cup. Like, you know what I mean? Like, this is the blood of the uh, covenant. Like, my blood is the blood that is being poured out for the salvation of the world. Yeah. It's like, Jesus, like, that's not what it, that's not how it goes at my house. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. That's no. not the third cup. Yeah. That, he's doing it wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, think, you think Peter's, like, nudging John or something like, hey, uh... Does he know? Do you think he knows that this this isn't how it goes? <laughs> yeah, like this is yeah, this is what we do. But again, it's it's a it's to put Jesus into this moment and to say, from now on, as you as you and it, it, think about too, like in the day they were, they were eating he he bread and wine, right, or bread and juice, or bread, you know whatever else you want to say. Like he is every time you think about you eat bread, you can almost think about. Jesus' body being broken. It's an opportunity to, to, to think about that. Every time you have something to drink, is it's an opportunity to think about Jesus' blood being poured out for the world. Things that we need for life, mm-hmm. Jesus is the thing that we need for life. Mm. Yeah, that's good. And that's really what he's doing with this Passover reset, right? Like he's putting on display... I am the bread of life. I am the place where you find hope. I am the place where you find salvation. It's not a rescuing from Egypt. It's a rescuing from your sin, your sin, your slavery to sin, like the, the things of the world that I've come to 
to overcome really yeah, evil e- evil too like egypt egypt is the epitome of evil if you look at the old testament like mm-hmm. so look at all the major nations in the world egypt evil assyria evil babylon evil jesus god came and set them free from those things even in, when they were back from exile and now jesus has come to set us ultimately from evil sin and so on yeah and then again and then later on death burial and and you know eternity yeah right yeah um so praise god uh and then we'll get to that so then we end with the final cup the cup of praise and this is all about the future eternity praising god forever and ever and uh just praising god for what he's done and the opportunity for us to be set free from all these things yeah and i think too you you just mentioned that but just future too like we can praise god that ultimately he will uh set us free and we will get to be with him forever in his life yeah, absolutely. So hopefully that is enjoyable to you. Hopefully if you want to celebrate the Passover, this is a good kind of outline for you to do so. Uh, again, we'll have more resources in the message notes if you want to check those out as to where you can find more information on this. And if you want to go super traditional, it'll be uh, all detailed out in some of those resources as well. Uh, Russell, before we wrap up here, do you have anything else you want to say about the Passover or um, really anything? Yeah, I think I think just... Um if you're going to do this, if you want to do the whole thing, again, we'll put the resources out there. We skipped over a couple things. This could have been much longer. We didn't have time for that. Um, but even if you just want to take communion on Passover, like if that's all you have time for, and you know, uh, open up a bottle of wine or get some grape juice, get some crackers, and just think about Jesus' body broken and his blood shed for you. And do that with your family and then pray together. Like what a powerful moment that could be. Could yeah. take. I know this was thirty minutes or so. This could take you fifteen minutes, but again, it's it's preparing our hearts for what Jesus is, what we're about to celebrate in Good Friday and the resurrection Resurrection Sunday. Yep, absolutely. Uh, so just a couple of reminders as we wrap up here. Uh, we will have a uh, kind of devotional walking through what where Jesus was at, how to kind of observe each day of Holy Week, starting on Sunday with Palm Sunday. Uh, and we'll also have, if you're in the Kansas City area, we'd love for you to come check out our Easter egg hunt this Saturday, uh, April 9th. It's going to be at Broadmoor Park off of Johnson Drive and Mission, and uh, it's going to start at 10 a.m. And so we'd love for you to come out and check that out. Have a good time. It's for adults and kids. Uh, And then you can come check out our Easter service on April 17th. We meet at 10 a.m at the movie theater just off of the Johnson Drive exit of I-35. It's in that uh, shopping complex with Home Depot and all of that. It's a Cinemark 20 theater. And so, uh, yeah, I want to invite you guys to that and just encourage you to check out those devotionals that will be on our Instagram and Facebook accounts uh, throughout next week and so that you can prepare your heart and prepare yourself for heading into the Easter week and to celebrate the resurrection of Christ and really the, the, uh, the biggest celebration of our faith and all of that. So we love you guys. Thanks so much for checking out this podcast. We'll see you back here next week. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Mission City Church podcast. Mission City Church is a non-denominational church in Mission, Kansas. We meet on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. at Cinemark 20 off of Johnson Drive and I-35. We also have three community groups that meet every other Sunday, Tuesday, and Thursday. If you live in the Kansas City area and would like more information, please visit our website at missioncitykc.com or you can email me at jake at missioncitykc.com.